This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese and joined across the way with Mr. Jeff Abercrombie. Jeff, our summer scouting uh, podcast series continues. Quarterbacks and running backs in the rearview mirror. Today we're looking at the 2024 wide receiver class. How are you doing this, this evening? Look a little behind the scenes. We're we're recording this one on a on a the end of a weekend here, and I I just guess I didn't realize how exhausted you could get <laughs> as a parent at the end of the weekend until you try to you know push your way through you know a bunch more podcast prep and and recording. Um, but at least it's something I love to do. And, um, you know, I've only got surface level on some of these guys. You're ahead of me when it comes down to breaking them down. And so I'm really excited. So I, I get the sneak preview. You can kind of spoil it for me, you know, what I'm looking forward to when it comes down to this season. So maybe just give us, you know, off the top first impressions of this entire class. So, yeah, so I think this is a, an interesting wide receiver class because I think we're going to have some star power near the top. So, like, unlike last year where we didn't see any any wide receivers come off the board, so I think it was pick 19 when Jackson Smith and the Jigba, and that kind of started that four picks in a row run with, you know, Jackson Smith and the Jigba and Quentin Johnson and Dave Flowers and Jordan Addison. I think this year we will see, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. right near the top of the draft, top three, top five. And there's a couple other guys we'll get into tonight that I think are locked, you know, early to mid first round picks somewhere in that, like, you know, could be as high as like seven or eight. And and if not by middle of the teens, you know, they will be gone. So I feel I feel really solid that the top three are going to be like considered pretty much like special prospects and, and go where like we at least had the guys from the previous year go. Like when we had like Chris Olave and Gary Wilson and, you know, and Jahan Dotson and all those guys go in like the teen range. I kind of see a couple guys there. Obviously, Marvin Harrison, almost, you know, like a unicorn in terms of he's probably going to be arguably the highest receiver taken in, in quite some time. Uh, and then I think we have a lot of guys that some other guys will sneak into round one. Some will fall into day two. Uh, so I think after the top three, it really becomes kind of fascinating. I think right now it's a little bit of pick your flavor, what you look for, what you prefer. Uh, I think we do bring back a little bit more of the bigger wide receivers next year, which is kind of fun and exciting. Uh, not as many like slot only type guys. We have plenty of those as well. But I think next year we're going to see a little bit of a shift uh, where we're going to start seeing some more outside type wide receivers, guys making plays down the field, guys that have the old school prototype in terms of the height, the weight, the frame, you know, and, and less about the separation and stuff like that, which is kind of dominated, you know, recently, especially this past year. You know, minus Quinton Johnston, a lot of the guys near the top of the uh, top of the wide receiver board uh, were much more guys that won with separation and route running and quickness. Uh, and, and next year we have some of them, but we also have the return uh, of some of the bigger wide receivers, which makes it a fun class to dissect uh, and see how the NFL is going to look at it because we know they've been skewing towards those quicker, faster, shiftier guys. But I think some of the bigger guys are going to intrigue NFL teams. Uh, you know, and they give you some Mike Williams vibes. They give you some Mike Evans vibes. Uh, you know, so I think that's going to get some teams excited for that profile of wide receiver as well. Well, I mean, you you leave no anticipation. Uh, you 
take it right off the top. You know, let's get right into it. I don't think any anticipation is needed. You know, if if you don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. as your top wide receiver right now, one, I'd either love to see what you're seeing and 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 you know, go hit me up on Twitter and, and tell me why. But uh, you know, or two, you you've got some hot takes for clicks. But um, you know, we talked last week for the running backs about you know pedigree with Frank Gore Jr. You know, we've got some pedigree with Marvin Harrison Jr. right up at the top. Top, yeah. So, yeah, go for it. So Marvin Harrison Jr. obviously a special talent. Already said top three, top five type of player in the 2024 NFL draft. He can play the outside, whether it's the X position, the Z position. Good size and frame, great athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. He was on Bruce Feldman 2023, you know, freak list that recently came out. Great movement skills, the footwork, the releases off the line, the scrimmage, the route running, the separation quickness, the body control, ball skills, hands, play strength, catch radius, ability to extend, adjust at high point. He truly is the complete package. Is he going to run a 4-3? No, but he might run a 4-4, and you combine that with all the other, you know, great level skills that he has, and then we're talking about a high caliber, as best of a wide receiver prospect I think we've seen in quite some time, if I'm nitpicking. The yak ability is probably just average and at times maybe he doesn't make people miss with like sharp cuts or agility and elusiveness in the open field, but he does it with taking great angles, his, his straightaway, his straightaway bursts and speed and great angles. So I don't think, I don't think that's even a big issue for him at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much more to be said, Marvin, the Ohio state wide receiver core marches on for a lot for another first rounder there. Um, so we'll, We'll take it down to to number two, which is uh, Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver, uh, junior, six foot one ninety five. Uh, last year, he had seventy two receptions for a thousand yards, just three touchdowns. Those three touchdowns are indicative of you know a transition and sort of a a slow start that we saw out of LSU to begin with. And so, I don't think a lot of eyes, you know, were there, especially because everybody, you know, the whole narrative last year was about Kayshawn Booty. So why don't we shine a spotlight on Malik Neighbors? So Malik Neighbors is a guy who I think legitimately could go in the top 10 of the 2024 NFL draft. We're talking about a guy who's got versatility to start on the outside or inside as a vertical slot. Average size and frame, but he's got very good athleticism and speed. He's got great movement skills. His acceleration, his suddenness, his burst. He's got elite yak ability, agility, and elusiveness to make people miss in the open field and be a home run threat every time he touches the ball. I love the footwork. Very good footwork. Releases off the line of scrimmage. His route running is crisp. He varies his route tempo really well. He shows separation quickness, body control, ball skills, the ability to adjust to win contested catches, even at that six feet, 195 pounds. You mentioned it. LSU had some inconsistent you know, offensive performances. So I think that led to some inconsistent production. I don't expect that to be there this year. So I think the league neighbors is a guy who's locked in for round one. I think the question is just how high into round one might we hear his name called next year in the draft. Agreed. And, you know, I, I talked about Ohio state wide receiver core marching on and yet, you know, immediately behind Marvin Harrison jr. Is Emeka Ekbuka who he, you know, it's really hard to share the spotlight with, you know, someone, you know, a generational top level prospect, but he, you know, Egbuka is, you know, an elite prospect in his own right. 
So how is he complimenting Marvin Harrison Jr. on the football field over at OSU? So Mega Bukwa, average size and frame, very good athleticism, movement, skill, speed. I think he's probably like a 4-4 to 4-4-2 type of guy. Burst acceleration. He shows very good footwork. His route running is very sharp and crisp. He does a good job in terms of varying his route tempo. He does a great job just getting open in a variety of different ways. Understands, you know, how to beat zone coverage. His movement skills is very crisp in, in terms of beating, you know, man, uh, beating press. His release is off the line of scrimmage. Shows a good understanding of route concepts. Uh, I love the body control, ball skills, and hands with the ability to adjust and extend. I think he can play. I think he's best inside at the slot, but I think he'd also be that like Z wide receiver on the outside as well. You could do a lot of different things. I think he's locked into round one, similar to neighbors. How high can he go? Some things I want to see him maybe work on this year. I'd like to see him win some more contested catches, uh, show a little bit better from the outside and instead of just dominating from the slot and beating some press coverage. And, you know, these are going to be the names that we could, we could gush over week in, week out. Um, and, and you will definitely hear us go in more depth. Um, you know, they're right now, you know, the highlight of the class. But like you mentioned, there's there's a lot this class has to offer. And if we hit into, you know, the next tier of players, we start with a transfer in Keon Coleman, who was playing at Michigan State, had 800 yards, seven touchdowns there, at nearly 60, 60 receptions. He's transferred to Florida State. He's a junior. He's got, you know, really good size and frame, 6'4", 215. Um, I've, you know, we talked about excitement for Jordan Travis, right? And I'm, you know, watching his wide receiver mate who we'll get to later. Um, but it looks like Kean Coleman is coming in with, you know, an opportunity to take over as Jordan Travis's favorite target. Yeah, I think Florida State's offense is set up to to really be explosive this year. Two wide receivers, I think, can be in the top 100. We already talked about Trey Benson in terms of him being my number one running back entering the season. We already talked about Jordan Travis being my number four tight end on the tight end show. We'll talk about Shaheen Bell, who transferred there, who's a jack of all trades in terms of a guy who's going to be a very interesting offensive weapon there. So Florida State is set up to succeed. Let's talk specifically, though, about Keon Coleman. Transfer from Michigan State, like you mentioned. Great size and frame, like you said, 6'4", 215. Good athleticism, speed, acceleration, bursts, and movement skills. Shows the ability to win vertically down the field. He's got very good to great play strength, his length, his catch radius, body control, hands, and ball skills. He shows the ability to high point the football, extend, and adjust to win contested catches consistently. I think average is probably his yak ability and his footwork, but I think it's functional enough right now. I'd like to see some areas of, of development from him. I'd like to see a little bit of crisper route refinement. I'd like to see him understand how to vary his route tempo, uh, uh, expand his route tree a little bit, show a little bit more understanding of route concepts, and a little bit better in terms of his releases off the line of scrimmage. I just don't think he needed to do it uh, at Michigan State. I think he's a round one, round two guy right now, and a starting wide receiver on the outside of either the X or the Z position at the next level. Let's move it down to number five, and that's Rome Odunes out of Washington. Uh, he made a lot of waves with Michael Penix last year, 1,145 yards, seven touchdowns, 75 receptions. Again, you you teased it at the beginning of the episode. Players with good size and frame, 6'3", 217. You know, what else are we, do we need to know about the junior out of Washington here? 
So Roma Dunes, another guy on the, the 2023 Bruce Feldman freak list. I think you're going to hear a lot of DK Metcalf comps for him come next uh, April. Very good size and frame, great athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, and movement skills. Create separation vertically down the field. He shows very good body control, ball skills, the length and the catch radius, uh, and the ability to high point, adjust, and extend for the football. He's in a loaded offense there at Washington. I expect him to put up some staggering numbers again this year. I'd like to see him refine his route running a little bit, expand his route tree, vary his route tempo a little bit. But we're talking about a guy who I think is a starting receiver on the outside, the X or the Z position. I haven't penciled in right now as like a round two guy, but I think he can easily push his way into the round one mix. There's not much of a separation for me right now between he and him and Keon Coleman. So he's right there almost at my wide receiver four slash five. Uh, it was a flip of coin between those two right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's great. I mean, one of the things that I think stood out for DK Metcalf is just uh, the release off the line. And so seeing what Odunes can do, you know, to live up to that comp um, this year will be great. All right, we've got a Debbie Darling here. He hasn't fallen too far, but it's been a little bit. He's down at wide receiver six, savior worthy. You know, a couple of years ago, he was one of the highlights of the class, 60 receptions, 760 yards, nine touchdowns later. Look, Texas was a little up and down. Worthy was a good player for them, though. And he's he's now entering his junior year, draft eligible, six foot one sixty-two. So we know one sixty-two that's going to highlight some concerns and, and potentially why he's not nearing the top of this list. But are there is there anything else that we're worried about, or is what is he using to compensate for that size? Yeah, so Xavier Worthy, elite freshman season, good sophomore season. Uh, we'll see where he goes this year. But, you know, when I look at him play right now, you know, average size at six feet, but very undersized frame at 162. That's going to throw up a lot of red flags. But with that, how does he get around that? Great athleticism, his speed. He's going to be a guy who's going to be a 4 3 guy. Explosiveness, burst, movement skills, acceleration to win at all three levels of the field, especially vertically. Shows good body control and ball skills. He shows the length of... Uh, and the ability to adjust to the football. He's got really good footwork, good route running, separation quickness. And especially in his freshman year, he showed you know a lot of elusiveness and agility in the open field to be a yak guy. I think that's going to be what he needs to be, that and the vertical threat to be his calling cards at the next level. He reminds me a lot of Hollywood Mar- Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think he's a starting wide receiver in three wide sets. I have a round two grade on him right now, but could easily push his way into round one if people overcome the fears of that of that frame. And we know that the NFL, despite this being a class where we have, you know, larger frames, the NFL is feeling more comfortable with smaller size and frame as we've seen over the last few draft classes to go to the complete opposite direction. You know, I mentioned again with when we talked about Keon Coleman and my excitement for Florida State, you know, watching Georgia Travis last year, one of his favorite targets, Johnny Wilson. So Florida State junior. Six seven two thirty five. That sounds like almost tight end numbers, but you know, good wide receiver. Forty three receptions, eight hundred ninety seven yards, five touchdowns. We're we're on the opposite end of Xavier Worthy here, so why don't we go ahead and look at the opposites in his profile as well? 
Yeah, so Johnny Wilson, to me, I look at him and I see a starting wide receiver on the outside or a big slot with the upside to be a top three on the depth chart. Or I think some NFL teams will consider the, the, the conversion and make him, you know, their pass catching motion F tight end because I think that could be in the cards for him. I see some Mike Evans. I mentioned Mike Evans earlier. I see some Mike Evans vibes when I when I watch Johnny Wilson. I don't think he's at the caliber of Mike Evans was coming out of college, but I, I think the comp is, is, is pretty strong. He's got rare size and frame for a wide receiver. I think he's got good athleticism, speed, and burst for a guy that size. I think, you know, if he runs a 4.5 to 4.55, that's phenomenal at 6'7", 235. He's got great play strength, toughness, physicality. He creates space at the catch point with that size and physicality. He's got great length. Obviously, great catch radius, but on top of that, he shows the ability to go up and get it, so it even expands the catch radius. He can high point, he can extend, he can adjust. He wins contested catches consistently. I want to see him do a better job with his releases and beating press off the line of scrimmage. Look, when when you're 6'7", 235, you want to see someone winning at the catch point. And it, you know, it jumped out last year on tape. So, you know, at, at least, um, you know, we've got that going for him. You know, the tight end switch, it'll be really interesting to follow. You know, we've seen most of the time that applied to players who aren't in day two capital, round two draft capital. So seeing how teams, how the NFL approaches Johnny Wilson going into the draft season will be extremely interesting, especially on the lead up to the draft. We'll go through our like another, you know, day two, early day two player here. J. Michael Sturdivant, UCLA. Last year he played at Cal, right? Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore, 6'3", 205. Uh, his stats last year, uh, 750 yards, 7 touchdowns, 65 receptions. Look, this is a name that stands out to me as a big inclusion with the rest of these names here. So why are you, you know, where's the love for J. Michael Sturdivant coming from? Yeah, so J. Michael Servin is, is a guy that I didn't really have my eyes on until about a couple weeks ago. I saw him on some lists. I always make sure I check Dame Brugler's list in terms of guys we should be watching and keeping a close eye on. And when I watched him and got some film on him, I came away really impressed. And I think we're going to see a breakout year from him. And he's going to quickly garner the national attention uh, and the draft Twitter attention for his play on the field. He's got good size and frame. He's got great athleticism, speed, acceleration, burst, and explosiveness to win vertically down the field. I think we're talking like a 4-4 uh, type player at 6'3", 205. He's got great length. He's got uh, good body control and ball skills. He shows the ability to extend his catch radius. He goes up and gets it. High points the football well. I want to. I think play strength and contact balance are about average. I want to see some some drops and inconsistent hands at times be cleaned up this year. I want to see a little bit of refinement in his route running, expand the route tree. But I think he's a starting wide receiver on the outside at the X position. I think he's got day two draft capital right now. And I think he's going to become a national name very soon. I mean, he's always been on my watch list. I've kind of like seen him here and there, um, you know, but it's not like I'm putting Cal tape on, you know, every week. I, I think there was that Jaden Knott week that I had, uh, we talked about last year, but um Look, it's going to be interesting with UCLA as um, it, I think it seems like their their new five star recruit will probably start from week one. So it's going to be kind of fascinating how that how that all plays together um, in you know what is pretty much the eroded Pac twelve <laughs> Sirenaras <laughs> West Coast football, right? Um, all right, I mean, I taking a quick break just to to kind of see where we're at. You know those those names kind of make up our top two tiers. Um, 
and we're about to kind of embark on, you know, an, an, a big tier in the middle here. You've talked about this being sort of a pick your flavor. So I think we're going to get a nice understanding of the berry profiles that will be available in the end of day two, early day three here. And we're going to start with Malak Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky senior, 5'11", 211 pounds. Look, the production stands out. 101 receptions, nearly 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's playing at Western Kentucky, though. Yeah, so Malachi Corley, I think it's going to be a guy that when the Senior Bowl rolls around next year, he's going to be the most highly regarded senior wide receiver down there at Mobile, and he's going to be the guy that's just basically uncoverable down there. Average size, good frame, very good athleticism, explosiveness, speed, and burst. Love the movement skills that Corley possesses. Very good body control, play strength, contact balance, toughness, and physicality with great agility, elusiveness, yak, and rack ability. Obviously, the concerns are the level of competition, you know, that he faced at Western Kentucky isn't on par with like some of the, you know, the power five. Uh, he doesn't have great length or catch radius. He's not going to be a guy who wins in contested catches. He's got to clean up a little bit in terms of his route tempo and stuff like that. But when you watch this guy play, I just think he's an explosive playmaker. who's going to be used in a variety of ways. I think he's the complimentary to start in slot wide receiver and versatile offensive weapon. Could be top three, top four in the depth chart. I have him as a round three, round four grade as of now. And honestly, I think for the senior bowl, we've really seen wide receivers, you know, take advantage of that week and springboard their draft stock. I, you know, I think very predominantly for the wide receiver position. Um, and so we'll go to another one here, and that's Antoine Juice Wells. So he's the senior out of South Carolina, six foot two oh eight, sixty-eight receptions, nine hundred and twenty-six yards, six touchdowns. I haven't gotten my eyes on him. Are we looking at a similar profile, or is he bringing something new to the table? So Juice Wells is going to be a guy that I think you're going to hear a lot of Debo comps in terms of stylistically how he could be utilized at the next level in terms of the size, the frame, uh, good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, bursts, acceleration, and agility. He's got very good to great play strength, the contact balance to absorb contact and, and fight for extra yards. He shows great toughness, physicality, you know, great yak ability and, and rack ability after the catch, good body skill, uh, good ball skills, body control, and hands. I think he's going to be a guy who, again, similar to Corley, complimentary wide receiver, upside to be top three, top four in a depth chart, can play inside at the slot or outside at the Z position. But you're going to use this guy in manufactured touches. You're going to do jet sweeps. You're going to do touch passes. You're going to want to get the ball in his hands and let him make things happen after the catch. I'd like to see him you know, expand his route tree a little bit, show a little bit better in terms of varying his route tempo. But right now his game is all predicated on what he does after the catch. Oh man, I love the Debo comps because uh, unfortunately I I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek because nobody ever really lives up to them. But, you know, Juice is coming out of South Carolina. Maybe there's something there where they're really, you know, helping them key in on the game. Cause it wasn't like Debo was blowing anybody out of the water with his combine numbers. And yet he still seems to be able to pass this guy on his, on the field somehow. So let's see, like, let's really see and look forward to hoping that Juice can take that into the NFL level and make some similar waves. Okay, here's a name that, you know, I've seen very high on a lot of people's lists. And him, he's kind of down here with the rest of these names. That's Troy Franklin out of Oregon. Junior 6'2", 178 pounds, 61 receptions, 
891 yards, nine touchdowns. He was a big part of the Bo Nix resurgence. Is it the is it the frame that that you're worried about? The the 178 pounds. Um, is there a lot to like? And he's just kind of you're just kind of waiting to see more. So Troy Franklin, you know, out of Oregon, you mentioned it. Good size, very undersized frame at 178 pounds for a guy who's six foot two, but he's got very good athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, and movement skills. Very good footwork, agility, elusiveness, and yak ability. Good body control, length, ball skills, uh, and the length with the ability to high point and adjust for the football. He shows good separation, quickness. I would say his route running is probably just about above average. My concerns and why I have him uh, behind a couple of those senior guys is the frame, the play strength, the beating physical press, and the physicality. I think he's a, he's a weapon for sure. He could take it to the house, but I don't think he has the vertical capabilities of a guy like Xavier Worthy. And I don't think he has a yak rack type ability like a guy like Corley or or Juice Wells, which is why he's kind of in that neighborhood for me, but a little bit a little bit further down. I kind of classify him same way, round three, early round four grade, complementary to starting wide receiver with the upside to be top four in the depth chart as a vertical slot or on the outside if you'd add more to his frame. Yeah, I mean that's that's really well said. Um look, I you know, the profile for these guys, I have a um a bias towards players with really good movement skills. And, you know, the path to that is becoming more than an average root runner or above average root runner. Um, let's go ahead and, and walk to the next player here. Uh, wide receiver 12, Jalen McMillan out of Washington, junior 6'1", 187 pounds. He had a, he had similar production last year to his, his wide receiver mate, Romo Dunes, 78 receptions, nearly 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns you know what sets him apart from you know from a dunes you know is are we you know can he kind of make a similar case to being you know an earlier draft pick so Jalen mcmillan out of washington average size i think he's got to add a little bit to the frame at 187 right now he's got very good athleticism speed burst acceleration movement skills and yak ability to win vertically down the field and in the open field in terms of making people miss, very good body control, ball skills, hand and length with the ability to high point and adjust for the football. My concerns are why I don't have him as high as I had his teammate, Roma Dunes. It's, it's the frame. It's the play strength. It's the beating physical press on the outside. Uh, I, he could be a vertical slot. I think he's best on the outside, but that's where I get a little bit concerned with the frame a little bit. I think his route running separation quickness are about average. It's just for me, I, I, he wants to play like he's 6'3", 210, and right now he's 6'1", 187. Uh, but I put him at a complimentary wide receiver. I think he's got the upside to be top four in a depth chart. Uh, I think the outside X position is his best position, and I think he's a, he's he has his trajectory pointed up as a round three, round four guy right now. Let's go ahead and, and we'll keep through. We've got a big tier here. So wide receiver 13 to Corey and Clark. Uh, the senior out of UTSA, 6'2", 210. He had 51 receptions. He had 741 yards. He had eight, t- eight touchdowns. I mentioned you've, you're ahead of me on pace, so I haven't gotten a chance to see any of DeCorey and Clark. So, you know, what what have I missed so far? What's my preview? So DeCorey and Clark is a guy that I think the Senior Bowl has on their radar big time. Uh, you know, I saw a tweet this morning, you know, talking about the Corey and Clark is a guy that they plan to have down there in Mobile. They're watching him closely. 
good size and frame, great athleticism, complete athleticism. He was very high on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Good speed, burst, movement skills, and acceleration to get vertical. Very good play strength, physicality, body control, and ball skills. He's got great leaping ability. He's going to blow up the combine in terms of his vertical next year, probably end his broad. He's got the catch radius and shows the ability to high point to win contest catches. Obviously, coming from UTSA, there's a level of competition concern. He suffered a pretty serious injury, you know, in 2022 during the season. He's got to come back from that. He's got to clean up some route refinement, expand the route tree, show a little bit better releases off the line of scrimmage, all stuff that I think he could uh, develop and work on. I think he's a complimentary wide receiver, upside to be top four in a depth chart on the outside. Put that round three, round four grade on, on him as well. All right, we're on to a name that you know we've heard through the Debbie circles. That's Mario Williams, our 14th wide receiver on the list. The junior out of USC, he's 5'9", 180 pounds. You know, last year, 40 receptions, 631 yards, five touchdowns. Not this breakout we were expecting with uh, with Caleb Williams. You know, there's a lot going on there, and, and they just lost Jordan Addison to the draft. There is some roles to fill. What is he bringing to the table to fill, you know, uh, fill the lack, the gap in production with Addison leaving USC? So Mario Williams is a fascinating prospect because I think the draft Twitter and the Debbie Twitter community is a lot higher on him right now than the NFL community is in terms of just what I'm seeing out there in terms of people's 2024 wide receiver ranks, watch list. You just don't see Mario Williams anywhere near anybody's top 10s, top 20s. Uh, but I think the Debbie community sees it very differently. Very undersized slot wide receiver, but possesses good to very good athleticism, speed, burst, explosiveness, and acceleration. He's got very good to great movement skills, the footwork, the agility, the elusiveness, be a weapon and a major factor in terms of his yards after catch ability. He shows good body control, route running, and separation quickness. I think things that are obviously concerning, the size, the frame, the play strength, can he beat press? Is he just limited to the slot? He doesn't have much length, doesn't have a catch radius. He's not going to win contested catches. Can you know, those are the things. He had a lot of drops his sophomore year. He's got to clean that up. Right now, I'm still intrigued with him as a vertical slot, round three, round four border. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this season plays out for Mario Williams. Yeah, and I think that's kind of been the sweet spot for that profile the last few drafts. Um, let's move on to number 15, Moose Muhammad Jr. Out of A&M, Jr., 6'1", 204 pounds. You know, his production last year, you know, 38 receptions, 610 yards, four touchdowns. Again, we've got some pedigree here. You know, what's he, you know, what's he bringing to the table? So Moose Muhammad Jr. is a player that you're going to see higher on, on people's ranks and lists than, than he is on mine a little bit. To me, he's a complimentary starting wide receiver in three wide sets as a slot or outside possession Z wide receiver. I think he's going to be best in the slot at the next level. I think a bigger slot type uh person is where Muhammad, just like, just like his dad was, good size and frame, average athleticism, speed, and acceleration, but he shows good to very good footwork, very crisp route runner. He understands route concepts. He knows how to beat zone coverage very well. He does a good job varying his route tempo. He shows good body control, ball skills, play strength, toughness, and, and hands. He's going to be a guy who works over the middle. I think his speed and athleticism are probably just average, and I think that's where I probably knock him a little bit. Uh, and in terms of things I want to see this year, I want to see him be able to beat press. Uh, if he's inside, he might not need to, but I want to see some of that. Can he expand his route tree? Can he win vertically down the field, or is he just limited to the short to intermediate? And his ability to high point the football, I'm not sure he can go up and get it. 
wide receiver 16 on our list, Lad McConkey. Look, when you have 58 receptions for 762 yards and seven touchdowns, that's, you know, we've, we've seen a lot, uh, a lot more prolific production in some of the names ahead of it, but this is at Georgia. He's a junior out of Georgia. He's 5'11, 185 pounds. That's good production in that offense. You know, how is he getting that? So Lad McConkey out of Georgia, average size. I think we'd like to see him add to that frame a little bit, get from 185 up to maybe 195. But he's got really good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. He's not just a you know short to intermediate slot wide receiver. He's got very good movement skills. That's his calling card. Great footwork, route runner, separator. Uh, does a great job, you know, varying his route tempo. Good body control and ball skills. He's got very good to great yak ability with great hands. We're talking about a guy who reminds me of a more athletic version of Hunter Renfro, a guy who can, can get vertical, a guy who can do more after the catch. And you combine that with the route running chops of a Hunter Renfro, the separation quickness, the footwork in and out of breaks. I think that's what McConkey brings to the team. So a lot of guys are going to go in that round border. I had eight guys locked into the, you know, round one or or round two and then a whole bunch of guys in this round three round four mix and McConkey's right there awesome and you know rounding that out we'll go to brew mccoy and honestly you know we've heard this name when you have size and athleticism you know your name's going to be on that radar but he's a redshirt senior now he's playing at tennessee 6-2-216 last year he had 52 receptions 667 yards four touchdowns you know it's he's a name that's been bounced around for a while and we've been waiting for it um i mentioned the athleticism but what other areas do, do we have to look in at on brew so brew mccoy a red shirt senior as you mentioned very good size and frame i think the athleticism is good i think he was maybe more highly regarded when he was coming out of high school but i think the athleticism is good especially at his size and frame i think the speed and yak ability are just average but I love the play strength, the contact bounce, physicality, great space at the catch point. That late separation is something that I think he does a really good job with. He's got good body control, uh, hands, ball skills, shows the ability to high point and adjust uh, to win contested catches regularly. I want to see some refinement in his route running. I want to see him expand his route tree. Uh, you know, can he beat press consistently? You know, listen, he's going to have some of the same questions that, that Jalen Hyatt. There's only so much that the Tennessee offense asks him to do. That scheme creates a lot of production. So trying to isolate his traits and and know what he can do at the next level when it's not going to come as easy based on that scheme, I think it's going to be a tough challenge for evaluators. But I think McCoy is a complimentary receiver, top three on the depth chart, you know, outside ZY receiver that can also win vertically with his size. That that hits a tier break for us. But honestly, when I go through the names on this next tier, I'm almost just as excited We'll give him a, a little bit of a quick strike here, and we'll start, start with Tory Horton, Colorado State senior, 6'2", 187 pounds. He had a great production last year with 70 receptions, 100 or 1,131 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, you know, what's the profile that you have on, on Tory Horton? So Tory Horton out of Colorado State, yes, it's a small tier break. But I just didn't want to have everybody classified as a round three, round four guy. So, so I, I, I picked a spot where I could say, okay, I'm going to make a small tier break. But Torrey Orton's a really interesting prospect. Above average size. I think he's going to add, got to add to the frame a little bit up there from 187, maybe to get to like 195. 
above average to good athleticism, burst, acceleration, and movement skills. I think he's got average long speed, but he's got very good ball skills and body control. Shows the ability to high point adjust and extend for the football. You see on his film over and over him going up and getting it, winning at the catch point, uh, and coming down with the football vertically down the field. He shows good footwork and yak ability. You know, some developmental areas. Like I said, I already talked about the frame. I'd like to see him in- increase his play strength a little bit. The level of competition, I don't think he went up against a lot of top-level defensive backs. And can he be pressed? Because I think on the outside, he's a outside receiver at the next level, complimentary wide receiver, upside to be top four in a depth chart. I put him as an early day three prospect right now. Yeah, and you just mentioned early day three. We were talking day three, day or round three, round four players right on the border. You know, look, you know, it, it might be a little tear break here, but we know that this is going to shuffle significantly as these players work on their development throughout this season and make their case in the NFL draft, which hits me to Dorian Singer, who's a transfer now. He transferred out to USC to play with Caleb Williams. He's a junior. He's six foot, 180 pounds. Honestly, you know, you put those measurements on there and I wouldn't have really been able to, I wouldn't have pegged that because he plays in my eyes, uh, you know, bigger than that. He had 66 receptions, 1100 yards, six touchdowns playing alongside other very talented wide receivers. Do you, what is Dorian singer? You know, I fell in love with him. What are your thoughts on him? And, you know, we mentioned that USC wide receiver chart looking for somebody to step up in the absence of Jordan Addison. So Dorian Singer, I think, is going to be one of the, the best transfer uh, performers that we see this year. But I think he's got average size. I think he's got to add to that frame, that 180. I think he's got to get that up, especially how he plays. Because I think the athleticism and the long speed are probably just average. I think he wins with good short area quickness and bursts. I love the ball skills, the hands, the body control, the ability to adjust and high point for the football. And a guy at 6 feet, 180, you see him go up and get it. You see him adjust to the football regularly. That's his calling card. He's a good route runner, separation quickness. He does, he does a good job understanding route concepts and varying route tempo. For me, the concerning areas are that frame. That frame With that frame comes play strike. With that comes his ability to be pressed. Things, I think he's more of uh, a guy who can be probably going to be best as a complimentary wide receiver inside from the slot, upside to be a top three or four in a depth chart. I put that early day three grade on him, but if he goes to USC and balls out, we could easily see a guy who cracks the top 100. Yeah, and my eyes were on Singer when I was looking at uh, his partner, J- Jacob Cowing, who we'll get to next. You know, it that size and frame, it doesn't show up on the, at the catch point, but you make a really good point about potential, you know, press off the line. So why don't we just go to his, his former teammate, Jacob Cowing, Arizona. He's our wide receiver 20. I scouted him last year because he's a senior this year. He he opted not to go into the draft. He's 5'9", 166 pounds. So Jacob, receptions. Sorry, let me just... Yeah. I, I paused because, you know, dramatic effect for that size and frame. You know, <laughs> we just talked about Xavier Worthy. But look, you know, 85 receptions, 1,034 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, I think people who like Josh Downs last year, I think you're going to like Jacob Cowing. Yeah, so Jacob Cowing, you you mentioned Josh Downs. I say, I'll say Tank Dell. I'll add him to the mix as a guy who I think, you know, this this upcoming draft class is going to have a lot of, like we said, different size, shapes, 
uh, at the wide receiver position. Jacob Cowing is one of those, right? Very undersized, but very good athleticism, speed, quickness, and burst. He's got great footwork, change of direction skills, agility, elusiveness, and yak ability. Very good route runner and separation quickness. Good body control and ball skills with the ability to adjust. To me, he's a complimentary starting you know, slot wide receiver with the upside to be top four in a depth chart. But I think he's limited to the slot only. He's going to be a guy who goes down to the Mobile at the Senior Bowl and probably going to be uncoverable in the one-on-ones. Obviously, the frame is a concern and the size, the length, the catch radius, his physicality. Can he, is he limited to just the slot? He has some drop issues. He has to clean up a little bit. Uh, you know, those are the things that I think we want to see from Cowie this year. I think that's why he ended up going back to school because he probably got a draft grade somewhere on day break. Look, if you've been following us for any length of time, Anias Smith, Texas A&M senior, 5'9", 197 pounds. Man, we were gushing about him at the start of last year. He made it three games, and then he had that season-ending injury. So his his production, you know, it, it was explosive the year before. Explosive is a great word to describe him. How about we give the rest of his profile? So Anaya Smith will continue to be my guy. I have him where I have him in the rankings because I think it's a strong class and I need to see him back and I need to see him healthy. But far and away, he's the guy that could climb on these ranks more than anyone. Because last year at this time, I thought he was a round two type talent. That's how much I like Anaya Smith's game. I've compared him to Kadarius Tony, which maybe is a bad thing right now, but, you know, glimpses of during Kadarius Tony's rookie season, I think that would have been a compliment. He's undersized for sure, but he's got good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. To me, his calling card, great movement skills, footwork, suddenness, change of direction, agility, elusiveness, and yak ability. Very good separation quickness. He's got the versatility to impact the game as a receiver, a rusher, and a returner. He's not going to be a guy that wins contested catches. Can he beat press? He's got to clean up and refine his route running a little bit and expand his route tree. But I think this is the guy, complimentary receiver, but an offensive weapon that could be used in a variety of ways. Get him the ball in space and watch out. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be in over my skis with uh, with Anaya Smith just on those movement skills alone. Uh, let's go on to the next player here, Adonai Mitchell, the junior in Texas, 6'4", 192. Look, he played at Georgia last year. He only played four games. His production, nine receptions, 134 yards, three touchdowns. Um Transferred out to Texas. What's he bringing to the Longhorns? So Donnie Mitchell, former big-time recruit. Listen, some people, pro football focus, people I, I really respect. They have him as number four in their in their wide receiver rank. So he's still a guy that some people are very high on. We'll see if he can take the next step this year uh, in that would probably be a high-powered Texas offense. But he's got very good size. Average frame, I think he probably can get that up to the 200, 205 range by the time he becomes you know, uh, the draft season. Good athleticism, fluid movement skills, burst and acceleration. I would say his long speed is probably just average. Good footwork, body control, and ball skills. He's got great length and catch radius. Has shown the ability to high point extend and adjust for the football. Average route runner and separation quickness. He had, he had to go back. I think his freshman year for Georgia, he had like 29 catches. And that's really where you can get some film on him and really analyze what he brings to the table. Very inconsistent production. That's a concern. He's got to expand his route tree, show a better understanding of route concepts. Haven't seen a lot in terms of yak ability. I put him as an early day three grade right now, but a lot of ceiling and upside potentially. Look, it's really hard when injuries sap your your sophomore year, right? And it's really hard to break out as a freshman. So this will be a big year for him. Maybe one of those candidates that go back to school too, if if 
NFL teams want to see it for another year. So number 23, Devontae Walker. Look, we've talked about all of the other quarterbacks in our lists. We've talked about their top targets. Why not Drake Mays? So Devontae Walker is out of UNC. He's a junior. He's 6'2", 197 pounds. Look, last year he played at Kent State. 58 receptions, 921 yards, 11 touchdowns, transfers over, plays playing with Drake May, you know, fill in a void. How is he how is he going to get along? So Devontae Walker is going to be I mentioned during Singer before. He transferred to play with Caleb Williams. Devontae Walker transfers to play with Drake May. Both of them could potentially Singer and Walker could be set up to have monster years with these two quarterbacks. What does Walker bring to the table? A lot. Good size, average frame. Good to very good athleticism, long speed, burst, and acceleration to win vertically. Good to very good body control, ball skills, and hands with the ability to high point, adjust, and extend to win contested catches. He shows good yak ability. Obviously, we need to see this translate. I have him a little bit lower in my ranks because I want to see it translate at the higher level of competition and not just at Kent State where he just dominated with that athleticism and speed. Uh, I want to see some rat refinement and some better rat running. I want to see him show... A, a more diversified route tree. Can he beat press? His releases off the line of scrimmage are going to have to be better with the increased competition. But to me, he's a complimentary wide receiver with the upside to be top four in the depth chart. I think he's an outside X receiver with an early day three grade right now. We'll keep a, an early eye on the season for him. He'll probably be on some of those early shows as we watch for that. Look, I'm sure you, maybe Matt, have a little candle going in the back you know, still just barely lit for Julian Fleming. You know, he's a senior now, Ohio State, 6'2", 211. 34 receptions, 533 yards, six touchdowns. Look, he's he's been outshined by just round one receiver after round one receiver. We've seen those guys become NFL superstars. Julian Fleming was recruited to be one. It hasn't translated yet, so... You know, it's are the highlights of his recruiting po- profile still there in his strengths? What are the developmental areas of concern that have been keeping him from reaching that promise? Yeah, so Julian Fleming is a guy, listen, former five star recruit, number one wide receiver prospect, that high school class coming out just hasn't materialized yet. But I think the opportunity might be this year for Ohio State, you know, to have another guy really emerge. Good size and frame, good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. He's not a blazer, but he's fast enough, and he checks off all the athletic boxes. Good body control, ball skills, hands, length, and catch radius with the ability to adjust, extend, and high point football. I think the route running and separation quickness are probably just average right now. To me, the things that hold him back, and I'm surprised being the former five-star recruit, is he doesn't show right, he has not shown the ability right now to win vertically at Ohio State, that the speed and the athleticism that I think are there has not translated to the football field yet. We haven't seen him make a lot after the catch in terms of his yak ability. Uh, right now, I think he's a depth complementary piece. I think he's an outside Z receiver that could maybe emerge to be top four in a depth chart. Uh, but I have a, a, a clear day three grade on him right now until we see a lot more. Look, we've seen the third option in an explosive offense go early in the draft before. I'm looking at uh, Terrace Marshall kind of comes to mind. Now, Terrace Marshall's NFL career doesn't necessarily show a lot of promise, but he was a round two pick. Um, if Ohio State is explosive and is Julian Fleming is able to, you know, really make a case for that he's made that leap. All right. We're running long. We have a few more names to get into. 
I'm going to have you go rapid fire, highlight a few of your favorites here. Um, and I'll just read them off on the ranks. You know, number 25, we've got Jermaine Burton. Number 26, we've got Gary Bryant Jr. Number 27, we've got Tyler Harrell out of Miami. He's a senior. Number 28, Theo Weiss out of Missouri. He's a senior. Number 29, Frank Ladson Jr., the senior out of Miami. And Dominic Blaylock, the senior out of Georgia Tech. And maybe just a watch list name here that I've seen, you know, really stand out, Zakari Franklin. Highlight a couple names, a couple quick hits on on a few other profiles. Similar to the quarterback in the running back show, the end of my rankings right now are a lot of guys that formerly were regarded much higher and have basically now using the transfer portal, whether it was last year or this year, to kind of try to re-elevate themselves to be draftable prospects and how high. You know, Jermaine Burton transferred from Georgia to Alabama last year. A lot of people thought he was a round one, round two type player. Didn't materialize last year. Is that talent gone that, that a lot of people thought? Or, you know, was it getting, you know, comfortable in his new surroundings? And we're going to see that. I don't know. I think it's tough right now. I don't, I don't see that, right? When I watched Alabama last year, we talked about it so much last year that we kept expecting and wanting more. And I think it was one game against like a lower level of competition where he really dominated. And besides that, there was just bits and pieces. So Jermaine Burton is the most interesting one on this. Obviously, the pedigree of Georgia and then Alabama, highly regarded. Uh, but but he's not the only one. Gary Bryan Jr. started last year, and he was he was going to be a piece that we thought was going to be a, a mainstay of that USC offense and potentially be drafted as a day two guy last year. And then you know with Jordan Addison going there, it, it just kind of he just kind of fell out of favor. And within like a week or two of the season started, just kind of, you know, said, I'm out of here. And and then it took him a long while to find the home. And then he, he chose Oregon. So I think, that you know, listen, Bo Nix, we talked about him on the quarterback show. I expect him to have a monster statistical year. If Gary Bryant is starting in that offense, I think we might see him, you know, regain that momentum that I thought he was talented enough to be considered a day two prospect. So that those are the two guys most on this list. You know, Theo Weiss, Frank Ladson, Dominic Blaylock, you know, they, you know, Ladson was at Clemson. Theo Weiss was at Oklahoma. Blaylock, uh, you know, was at Georgia. These were big time recruits. It hasn't really fully materialized for them. So now we'll see in there, you know, Ladson was in Miami last year. This is going to be, you know, Weiss's first year in Missouri and Blaylock's first year at Georgia Tech. We'll see. Tyler Harrell is the last one I want to mention now because when he transferred to Alabama last year, I thought he was going to become a huge playmaking threat. If you go back two years ago and see what he did at Louisville, his ability to win vertically down the field, we're talking like four two, like five to four two nine vertical speed. So if Tyler Van Dyke can get back to what we thought of him before last year started, he's got a big arm. If Tyler Harrell could step into a leading role there as one of the main guys there and be that vertical threat, we could start to see him. We know speed. Speed, speed, speed. The NFL wants it. Tyler Harrell has it. So if he could put together a big year, you're talking about a guy who could catapult up rankings because of that 4-2 speed. We see it every year. Teams are looking for that elite level speed. He possesses it. So now if we can see Harrell put production like he did two years ago at Louisville, you know, at his new home in Miami, I think I think we're talking about a guy who could skyrocket up these boards. That's a pretty good landscape. Um, look, you know, I haven't gotten deep in on any of these guys, but as we get through the season, I'll add my flavor into the mix too. Um, look, we, we've talked through into the 20s 
some names that I really think could jump into the top 10 receivers by the time draft rolls around. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of shuffling that's going to happen this year. Um, but you know, as, as we work through this, as we work through these profiles, you know, week in, week out, we'll, we'll ride the roller coaster together. <laughs> Looking forward to that with you, Paul. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be a fascinating class because I do, like you said, I think three guys really stand alone at the top right now. And then there's going to be so much shuffling of that next tier. And let's be honest, my first eight guys are all underclassmen. We might have some surprises, you know, in terms of a guy going back to school and stuff like that. So, you know, we don't know how that's going to play itself out. And then, you know, there's been some guys that have been like Debbie Darlings and, and been highly regarded in the Debbie circles, like a Troy Franklin. But I'm more intrigued with a Malachi Corley or a Juice Wilds, but I'm not sure like draft Twitter is going to be as into them during the start of the season or, you know, it might not take until the draft process. It might not take till the senior bowl, but there could be so much movement, I think, from like four to like 15, like guys shuffling in and out. Like, you know, if, if Roma Dunes really could be the DK Metcalf, maybe he pushes his way up to that top three mix. Uh, you know, and it's going to be fun to watch these guys because we finally Finally, I think it's say we have a lot of guys that that bring us back to the outside prototypical X guys, right? They, this whole draft class that we went through has a lot of guys that profile as outside X receivers, right? We have just not had a lot of that over the last couple of years. Uh, and, and I think next year it will be a little bit of a different style. We This past year was dominated with the slot guys. We have some of those guys, but, but I think we have different, even the slot guys we have, a lot of them are, are guys that can win vertically consistently down the field. Uh, it, it's a really interesting class. I think it's a strong group. As we've done now three shows, I, I think the quarterback class is better, clearly, you know, with Caleb Williams and Drake May. Uh, I think the running back class is not as good, but I think the wide receiver class is, is stronger at the top and deeper. Uh, so I think we're talking about a fun, you know, offensive skill group, you know, and, and we still got tight ends to discuss a little bit as well. But I think the wide receiver group is going to be a lot of fun to kind of dissect these. And I'm excited to see these guys start getting more attention. I don't think people are talking about Jay Michael, Sturdivan Stur- out of UCLA enough. I don't think people are talking about Malachi Corley or Juice Wells enough or DeCorian Clark. I think these guys are going to become more household names. And a couple of these guys are seniors, Corley, Wells, and Clark, uh, you know, add, add them to the mix of the Anaya Smith and the Jacob Cowings and the Bruce McCroys that we might have some interesting senior wide receivers where we usually see it dominated more by underclassmen as well. And there'll be plenty of those at the top also, but I think we have a shot, you know, to see a couple senior wide receivers go in the top 100 next year for sure. Jeff, any final thoughts here before I close it out? Look, I think the NFL is going to be thirsty for this class, right? Like you mentioned, you know, size and frame, you know, big X profile wide receivers. We need a lot of them and the NFL just needs receivers in general. So you know, I it'll be it'll be great to kind of follow it, and and again, it's it's great for us to follow through the story, put our thoughts together, and then just test it out and see what the NFL thinks when we get into the draft season, January through April. We're a little bit away from that, um, but we we're going to enjoy that ride. Absolutely, I mean, I can't believe as we're recording this on Sunday night, like you said, the end of the weekend, we are days away from college football starting. I always consider Labor Day the real start, but games start next week. Uh, you know, so we are, we are, we are, you know, we are closing in on the start of college football. Uh, we're going to have a new format this year for our in-season shows. We'll talk a little bit more about that once we get there. 
Uh, still one more summer scouting show to go with, with previewing the tight ends. Uh, be definitely a little bit of a shorter show for sure. Uh, you know, but that'll be fun as well. If you've missed the first two summer scouting shows, please go back and check them out. We're going to have, uh, you know, you know, video clips on YouTube. Uh, since they were all about one minute, we're going to be clipping most of our, you know, quick hitting scouting profiles. Uh, it's a great way to kind of prep yourself for the season, get yourself familiar with these players, have an idea of who they are, how they win, their strengths, you know, their weaknesses, uh, you know, kind of get set the stage a little bit to give you a little bit of a head start on, you know, knowing those guys for the 2024 draft class, knowing them for your future dynasty leagues, uh, and, and depending on how deep your Debbie is, maybe even some guys, you know, that, that you can try to get a hold of in, in some of your Debbie leagues as well. So, on behalf of Jeff, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.